Hey, what's up, Geekscape? It's welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm back. This is Jonathan, and I'm no longer in Las Vegas. If you wanted to know why I was in Las Vegas, that's last episode, where I sat down with the Library Bards at Star Trek Las Vegas 2017. Uh, it was a fun episode, but I'm back in L.A., and it feels good. I'm not back in the Westwood One Studios. I'm here at uh, <laughs> Keith Trellens's a gaming table where once a month uh, we sit down and we and he dungeon masters for us to play, and I and I play uh, Dungeons and Dragons here with some friends, and um, that's where we're doing the show from because Keith is here, and Stan Lee's L.A. Comic Con is coming up Halloween weekend, and we've been big fans and sponsors and promoters of the show, and we want to get you guys there, so we're going to talk about the show. We're going to talk, I hope, a little bit of Game of Thrones because that thing is going crazy right now. And we'll talk some movies. That's all coming up on the show. Real quick, I want to tell you guys to go to lootcrate.com slash geekscape. Put in the promo code geekscape and you will get a discount on any of those boxes you subscribe to. If you're not fans of ours on Facebook, you're missing out on some of my unboxing videos which are dedicated, I think, to Zach Haddad because he's the one that <laughs> immediately watches them whenever I go live on Facebook. And so I start catering the unboxing to him. Uh, if you want to see me make fun of Zach Haddad and show you what comes every month in the Loot Crate boxes, you guys should be on the Facebook. If you just want to skip all that and get a Loot Crate box, we got a discount code for you. It's Geekscape. You put it in whenever you go to lootcrate.com slash Geekscape and subscribe to one of those cool boxes. I'm, uh, I'm, I think there's some Zelda stuff coming up in the uh, August crate, so I'm very excited about that one. Um, all right. We got Keith here. Last night we played Dungeons and Dragons. Until about 11, you really tried to kill us. Uh, and you're a fun DM. Uh, talk about a little bit like, I don't think you like DMing. I think you <laughs> like playing. <laughs> That's a gist I get because there's an NPC that has been with our party since the beginning and it's just you playing. Pretty much. Well, talk. I mean, what, what's the, I mean, you ha I'm sitting here at this table And there's so much Dwarven Forge stuff everywhere And if you guys don't know what that is It's like tiles and buildings And all these custom things That Keith has to painstakingly paint For hours Well that's because I'm cheap And I don't want to pay for it pre-painted Well but it's a lot more expensive if you have them painted, and I like to paint. Right, but it, oh, well, if you like to paint, you like oh, I to love paint, it. But that—that's like time that you're. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like if you think of it in like the economy of time, it's probably pretty expensive to sit and paint them. Um, yes, and it probably evens out. It it probably evens out, but it's such a great hobby, and mm -hmm. it's so relaxing. I mean, I, I come up here to my uh, man, man cave. cave office. And I set up over on, on the table, and I turn on MSNBC, because that's the best reality show on air right now. Yeah, and it was a pretty good episode yesterday. Yes. It's called Nazis Walking Around. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to see what happens next week. Yeah. Um, sorry, but I'll sit, sorry, there Charlottesville. And, <laughs> I'll sit there and paint and get really angry, um, but I'll crank out a lot. Uh, so there's some the zen board. going on. Like, yeah, There's some totally. zen going on while the world is making you unzen. Absolutely. You're and canceling out the out. MSNBC, yes. right? At the end of it, I'm actually very, I'm informed and I'm relaxed. It's weird. How? How are the, you the relaxed painting is very crap relaxed. At some point, I just turn it off and, right. I, and I'll just paint and just get it. And um, it's funny, if you look at the there, pieces, you can see where I've rushed and, and see where I've And there's hundreds of these pieces. Probably yeah. thousands of these pieces. There's, and a, there's a lot everywhere. Well, I've been very fortunate that I was able, I caught it. Uh, when it first, the first 
Dwarven Forge Kickstarter. Okay. I, I got in on. So I've been in on every one of them. And they, they make the tiles, the floor tiles, yeah, they the make walls. These they make the dungeon castle? tiles. They did this. Yeah, I have the, this is the most recent one, the castle one. They had one that just finished up where they go back to dungeons. Um, but I also have this uh, big... The Catwalk and... It's everything. There's like parapets. Well, well, well no. This is the, the Dungeons and Dragons yeah. uh, Gale Force 9 DM screen that's a big castle that yeah. uh, my previous D&D uh, D group got me as a, as a gift. Thank you. Um, oh, wait, are you expecting a gift from us? No. Okay. No, I get the gift of killing you. <laughs> um, what's cool about this, uh, I'm looking at a Geekscape, is what's cool about this little uh, Dwarven Forge castle extension is that it's got... Crossbows mounted on the top. It's got. You just turn the lights on. On the there's lights on the drawbridge. These flickering uh, torches, and um, there's also places where like you could pour hot oil on people. Uh, so there's there's these rotating. Uh, what is that? What is that one? That one's for archers. No, this is for for throwing stones down. Oh, cool! In Lord of the Rings, that was what in 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 uh, in, in uh, the two towers. Yeah. This is what. Uh, this was Peter Peter uh, Jackson's cameo is with this little thing that swings up and you throw rocks down and then it swings back and protects you. That's super cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Keith, and you painted every piece of this. Yeah, I paint. I get them all plain, and I'm a nerd, and I paint them, and I, I love it. That's crazy. I'm, I love it. The level of detail. Maybe I'll put a picture in the show notes or something. I've posted pictures on the Instagram quite a bit from our gaming. So. Uh, let's just say that he doesn't just go with a gray for <laughs> everything. I remember, I remember buying figurines when I was, or you know, these these small metal and plastic figures for when I was playing Dungeons and Dragons back in like middle school, and I would want to paint them, and they would just end up like like they would. I mean, it's like if there's a human, and then. That dude in RoboCop who gets the acid on him—that's that, what it would look like after I painted him. It would look like the dude who's like, "Help me!" It's peach with like black. Right. It just <laughs> there was nothing. There was no detail whatsoever. You've got some moss on here. You've got some yeah. You know, it's funny. Stuff. I, I, I'm I'm actually a very bad. I'm I'm terrible at, at painting. Why do um, you say that? No, because I truly am. And um, like for non-painters, you'd look at it and say, "Oh, wow, that's amazing." But like people who really like, really do this and take this stuff seriously. We'd be like, yeah, that's all right. And I'm pretty good with this with the scenery. Right. Like I'm good with the scenery because that's a lot easier and it's a lot of just dry brushing. The stones and you and just stuff? adding yeah, what do you mean just, dry, yeah, I don't even know that. Well, well you just you, you get very little paint right. on on the brush and you just kinda go over it and you just get lots of, of layers, lots of colors, you know, seven, eight passes, and it looks great because there's all this texture and all this color and then you sort of hit it with white to highlight it and then it, and it looks good. But um, like my miniatures, the figures we're playing with like I'm thrilled with how they came out because they look really good but if you really want a treat go to a games workshop store mm-hmm. um, there's one in Glendale or you can go to there's a new store uh, here right here in Sherman Oaks called um, Paper Heroes okay. which is right next to, uh, to Nat's it's on uh, I, I, I want to say uh, Burbank in, in Vineland I think it is um, no not Vineland Burbank in Hazeltine uh-huh. um, there's great painting in there and the, the level and detail, because they're all like the Warhammer 40K type painters, and those guys, 
If you get into Warhammer, like you're immediately oh. spending a crap ton of money on toys. Yeah, well, yeah, like you're spending your thousands buying. just to, just to show up to the party. You're you're, you're a thousand bucks in. But it's such Warhammer's so great. I, if there were more people that played Warhammer, I would get back into it. Oh really? Yeah, because it's uh, it's fantastic and it's it's tactical and. Um, I see people with the measuring sticks and everything yeah. and on Warhammer and the angles and everything. It's so much fun. I pl I like 40k. Like I like for me, it's it's 40k. It's space age and. You can really, you know, there's nothing like uh, killing some aliens with some suicidal, uh, tricked out squats, which are dwarves. That's what uh -huh. they're dwarves. And, you, you know, flying around on or riding around on motorcycles that are, have these giant laser cannons. And Holy shit. Oh, it's the best. Um, how, how long have you been doing this? Because, like, I've known you a handful of years, right? Cause yeah, since, the, since the, pretty the much convention. Kamikaze started, yeah. Right. And how long have you been doing this stuff? Because you were into gaming. I remember the first time I met you was actually at Comic-Con. I think Regina introduced us because you had the Walking Dead board game coming yes. out. Ah, uh, yes. That was like a licensed Walking Dead board, board game that you had designed? Yeah, I designed it. Um, Walking Dead was a, was a fun one uh, in that we started work on Walking Dead. This was, it was based on the comic books, and we started right. on it before the TV series. Oh. And so we were working directly with Skybound and Kirkman's team. Um, and it was it covered the first twelve issues of The Walking Dead, and so we picked up the license and we partnered with Z-Man Games. Z-Man Games um, now is owned by a company called F2Z. It used to be Philosophia, uh, but be be that was before that though. This was when Z-Man was just Z-Man, um, and uh, you know Z-Man was just this guy Zev, and he was just a total. He's great at games and he knows how to publish them, but it was more of a hobby for him. He, mm -hmm. he he was profitable. He was making a living at it, but he was, you know, he was. It wasn't a big deal for him. Like he wasn't trying to be a big player in the industry. And my partners on that were David, uh, Brian, David Marshall. Sorry, oh, he's got two names. It's his fault. <laughs> but I should know it's not David. It's Brian, David Marshall, and Matthew Wang. Brian, uh -huh. David Marshall is um, might be known to your audience who are Magic fans as he's sort of the. Uh, one of the one of the voices with Rich on uh, all the coverage of all the Magic: The Gathering Pro Tours and, and big events, um, and he's a longtime blogger and poster, and he administers the uh, Hall of Fame for Magic. And Matthew Wang, who is a longtime player, and he's a uh, he is a, a a Grand Prix winner. We all came up together in the when Magic first came out in the nineties in New York. What? Do you, um, what? what do you talk? What do you mean <laughs> came up together? So Keith, I've known you for years, and I didn't know this crap. I, I knew that you wanted to be an actor. I knew, I knew that you auditioned for Juilliard. I know that you're yeah, a big, I made final I know that you're a big I didn't get in. It broke my heart. And I know I've that you're a big sports fan. I know. I am a big sports fan. Yes. What do you mean coming up together at Magic: The Gathering in the late '90s? What are you no, talking? No, not late about? '90s. Early to mid. Early. What are you talking about? <clears throat> okay, so in New York, in from like '93 to like '96, '97, which is that's when I actually left to come out here. That was when Magic the Gathering launched, and up and the Pro Tour sort of is the end of that era where it the first Pro Tour like ninety six ninety seven yeah that was like nine that was I want to say December ninety five January ninety six right around <laughs> there. I'm not exactly sure because I was doing a play and I didn't get to freaking play in it and I had a great deck and I convinced I would have gone very far because I was really that was when I was playing my best Magic oh my god but anyway so there were all these kids. I was getting my master's at Brooklyn College, and there were all these kids that we that I'd play with that were really nerdy, and they were really amazing players, and uh, and they were kicking my ass, and I was like twenty. 
three. And this is like they the were like thirteen, first and they would destroy year of me. Masters of, of, of sorry of this magic. Is the, magic, right? Yeah, this is like the early early days. And right. um, Brian David Marshall started a, th a thing called Neutral Ground, which was like a gaming club store. And what he was doing before Neutral Ground launched is he would do these tournaments. I think it was like once a month, once mm -hmm. every other month at the New Yorker Hotel or the Roosevelt Hotel, where he would put up. Uh, like a, a box of Arabian Nights or a complete set of the Power Ten or all this stuff and all the, the best players would come and the, there was no pro tour like this was the greatest best tour possible so you were playing with all these great people I remember when the Arabian Nights expansion hit yeah so this was right I was working in the comic store so yeah, and, yeah and so I knew it it was, it was cardboard crack and they um, so this was like a little after this was like right around Legends the, the Legends of the Dark that's when this started and I got really into it because I was living in New York and I was young and I was single and I was getting my, <laughs> yeah, that sounds my like you shouldn't degree. be getting, that sounds like you shouldn't be getting into Magic the Gathering uh, right you were well, young and you were single so I got addicted to Magic the Gathering you know I still had my theater life so like that part of you it was turned taken care away of, but um, but I was playing a lot of Magic the Gathering and the kids that we were playing with are now all Hall of Famers like these thirteen year old kids that I was really learning how to play from it while I was getting whooped. Uh -huh. It was it was John Finkel and um, it was V. Mauschwitz and it was Stephen O'Mahony Schwartz and mm -hmm. these kids they're all in the Hall of Fame they're the best players ever. Um, I didn't even know there was a Hall of Fame. There is a Hall of I Fame. I can understand. And it is I'm impressive. Not I'm not besmirching it. I can totally understand that there should be a Hall of Fame. There, for there this stuff. should be. There is, and the people that are in it are fantastic. And there's some people who aren't in it that should be, um, but that's you know that's the way it goes. And, but I was really, really competitive, and, and I won my way into just about the complete set of the, of the Power Ten. And, um, and then I moved to L.A., played, continued to play for a couple more years, and got to hook up with other Hall of Famers, um, like Alan Comer and whatnot. Uh, and, and again, playing at a really high level and coming really, really close to like breaking through. Um, I was really good at limited, which is where you crack packs and build a deck and go. Oh, okay. I'd, so limited means that you just go. If, yeah, you just open like, and go. It's blind. Right. And so I was I, at my height, I love to say this, I was like 215, 217 in the world. And at that point, that was when I, this was, this was 97 and I was, I had, I'd gotten a full-time job at Universal Music and I wanted to produce and w wanted to do what I came out here to Hollywood. And so I retired from the game and I stopped at, at when I was just about to break through, but I was like, no, I need to start a family. And, and what's this thing people. about like being in a play while something, <laughs> what was that? So I had, it was my first off Broadway play that I had booked and I booked it and then they announced the first pro tour. Which was uh, I forgot where it was, but it was it was it was like in Soho or somewhere, um, in in New York City, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're signing up! You're signing up!" And I was like, "What? No, man, man, man!" But I was just pissed because I knew I couldn't do it because I had this play, and the play sucked. It has to oh, be the no. worst play I have ever. Oh no! And you gave up done. glory. And I was gonna quit, and, but what happened was uh, a lady that had lived in that lived in my building. Uh huh. Uh, she was in it too. And she was like, "You better not quit." Oh yeah, so that's and like I was like, like you, couldn't, yeah, I was, I was single, you couldn't sneak out the cute. back door. And so I was like, "All right, I won't quit." And um, so you stayed in the play for a girl. So I, I well, kind of. Well, you stayed in the, the you stayed in the day you stayed, stayed <laughs> in the play with the prospect of a girl. The prospect of a girl. So my priorities were right, mm -hmm. I think. Okay, well, and, you uh, learned that one back. Yeah. Except it was a <laughs> it bad was horrible. play. And what was great was the the the, the pro tour started. I want to say it started. Um, I think it started Friday or Saturday. I can't remember what it was, but Friday night, there was a big storm. I can't remember if it was rain or snow. Or, I, I can't remember what it was, but all I know is on our opening night, uh -huh. nobody came. 
And that was the beginning and of the tour as well. Yeah, and, and I think the Pro Tour started Saturday, and when we showed up Saturday night for the show, the director told us that we were not performing, and, we were, he was can and the show was canceled. <gasps> so, so you didn't even perform. I, didn't even, I got to perform, you perform once, once to an empty crowd, to an empty theater, empty like theater. five people, and then and then it had I know had he just called us that night, I would I could have like signed up on the spot. It was the only pro tour where you could literally like just sign up for you didn't have to qualify, and um, and so I remember going on Sunday to watch it, and I remember why it was it was oh the, I'd be so butthurt. it was I'd be the, so butthurt. the the winner it was in, it was when Necro Necropotence was the big deck, and I had the deck that destroyed Necropotence. Because um, I was tearing up all those New York tournaments that BDM was putting on, uh, and I didn't get to play it. And I was like, "Damn it!" And there was a guy named Preston Poulter who came in, I think, fourth, and he had a very similar version of my deck. But my deck was <laughs> slightly better, um, slightly better. It takes and a lot of ripping open packets to get. Back then, that was door. where all my expendable income went. Like when it, I remember when Fallen Empires came out, the worst set ever. And I think I bought like three boxes of it. It was and a, like it was after a the second set. box, I was like, "What did I do?" <laughs> I think I still have some. Unopened what packs. have I done? <laughs> but yeah, those were my magic days, and they were fun and and young and stupid, and and I still uh, have some of those cards actually back from those days uh, in a safety deposit box. They're they're going to be the down payment on on one of my children's tuition for college. And the girl who you went to the play for, how how was she when you started dating? I didn't date her. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. She lived on the floor one. I lived on fourth floor, fourth floor, and it was a walk up. So it was good. Nothing rude. ever happened. I was being completely rude. Ever happened there? <laughs> Probably for the better. But now, now you have uh, now you have all this. You have the yeah, so the Dwarven Forge stuff, and and so when you came to L.A. and you started being into role playing games and miniatures and stuff like that. No, I, so D and D was my first passion. My uncle was a hippie. Okay. Um, and so in 19, had to be 77, 76, 77. Okay. He shows up uh, at our house. He would just kind of blow in. And he had this like blue box set of this thing called Dungeons and Dragons. And he sat it down and, and we played it for all of 10 minutes because he was a hippie. So he was stoned out of his mind probably. And uh, I was four or five. I didn't understand it. My brother didn't understand it. But mm -hmm. we had it. Maybe it, was old, maybe it was older than that, 78, 79. I don't know. Whenever the blue box set came out, before the red... Before the red, and the basic. red is what what we knew, right? Like, the red well, was basic, and then blue was expert. This is the blue one before it, where where the cover of the book was printed in blue and white. It didn't come in a box set. It was wow! Just a, and I still have that too. And um, but it captured my imagination, and and I loved it. And we would watch The Hobbit, and he took me to see Wizards, the Rankin Bass complete, Hobbit. Yeah, I love yeah, the Rankin Bass, Bass Hobbit, and uh, and and the uh, what's his name. Uh, that did um, you're Lord, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you're talking about, and he did Wizards. Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi. And, yeah. Um, but I love the Rankin Bass one. I think Wizards is very good. Oh, my God. Have you watched it's, Wizards recently? I, you know, we di I did. I probably saw it. I can see why your uncle would like it. Right. Because it is a trip. It is a trip. But, you know, it's got one of my favorite lines in cinema. They killed Fritz. They <laughs> killed Fritz. Those <laughs> rotten, stinking yellow bastards. They I killed Fritz. And then Fritz, of course, is awake, and he's like, hey, and he turns and shoots, and he Kills Fritz. <laughs> uh, total Ralph Bakshi on an acid trip. Um, but I love that stuff, and it just captured my attention. And he gave me all these books when I was really young, really impressionable. It was a, it was a really early reader, you know, um, the Anne McCaffrey books and the Terry yeah. Pratchett books. Now and, uh, we're talking. Yeah, Piers Anthony. The Piers Anthony was a big huge. one. Did you hear about the person who went to Piers Anthony's house, wrote him letters? It was it was an NPR story. No, it was like a This American Life. Someone was writing Piers Anthony for years, and this happened within the last twenty years, I believe. Um, made a like because Piers Anthony was always really reclusive. 
Yes. And he wrote Xanth as almost a mirror for our world. And, the, and I mean, I loved those Xanth books. And if you guys are fantasy readers and you have not read the Xanth books, you should read them. Read them now. They're going to be the next thing that gets translated to <laughs> cinema in some you, way. Not Dragon Riders of Pern and the Man McCaffrey, McCaffrey stuff? Uh, I, I think they already tried those. I think they tried the Anne McCaffrey ones and it didn't work. I, I don't remember an adaptation of it, but, but... I feel like one was in development and it was just too... It was like the ElfQuest adaptation. It's like, hey, right. you're a little too much into it, you know? Right. I think Xanth... Um, I guess we'll see how things go with um, uh, Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. And stuff like that over at Disney. Cause Very excited about that. Oprah! Right. So if, if Wrinkle in Time happens and it's huge, we, I could definitely see people looking at Xanth and being like, oh... Like kind of a mirror universe thing, and uh, I I love the Xanth books. I love the sense of humor, but this person found used the internet and I think old fan letters, something, and he researched where he thought Piers Anthony lived, down to the address, and he really believed that he found this place in Florida that mm-hmm. was where Piers Anthony lived. And as you see the map of Xanth, it's Florida. Yes, it is Florida. He didn't, you know what he used? He used the maps in Xanth yes. and the stories in Xanth to be like, he's got to live in this town. <laughs> he showed up at the town not knowing where Piers Anthony actually lived, did not know the address, and then surmised the address through publications in the town, like a local paper and this and that, and old court records, and found Piers Anthony's house and showed up. Just walked, walked up, up the driveway. That's great. And showed up at Piers Anthony's house. And it was a long driveway in the woods. Found Piers Anthony. Was not immediately arrested. <laughs> and as a kid, I mean, as a younger guy, and I think he was a teenager at the time, spent an evening with Piers Anthony. Piers Anthony's wife called his parents. They realized, like, the guy had jumped on a Greyhound bus and gone in search of Piers Anthony. And the kid spent the night because there was nowhere else to send him. And, you know, they, fig- they figured everything else out in the morning, but it's a pretty insane story. Yeah, that's insane. But the kid did not end up in a lockup. That's funny. Um, yeah, I, I heard it about a year ago. If you guys can find the story about the kid who went to Piers Anthony's house, it's pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome story. It's like the kind of thing I would wanted, I would have wanted to do when I was reading those stories. Well, I, I have a very frustrating Piers Anthony story for Uh-oh. you. Uh-oh. Uh, so I love Piers Anthony. Part of what captured my imagination when I was a kid was I would look at the maps and I was like, this is totally Florida because I, I was in Miami. Uh-huh. Uh, that's where I grew up. Uh, worst place to grow up as a nerd, by the way. Are you serious? Why? Because uh, the machismo culture and oh. everybody's outside it's all looking Vice. beautiful and on boats. And yeah. I love boats and I grew up on boats and, and whatnot. But like, oh, I want to stay inside and fantasize. Like people are like, what? No. That's crazy. Um, but my grandfather was a writer. Most people... So my grandfather was a writer. His name was Robert Traylons. And for a long time, if you looked up his Wikipedia page, it said Robert Traylons is a pseudonym for authors that don't want to reveal who they are and he doesn't really exist, um, which was, like, horrifying because he had written over 200 books. What? And uh, he had a TV show called... And this is where his name sort of became... And, and many of your listeners will go, oh, yeah. He, Wait, his name is Robert, Robert Traylons. And, and that was his published name as no, well. No, that was his real name. Yeah, well, yeah. His, yeah his, well he, had, he, he did have many pseudonyms. But his name was Robert Traylons, but nobody really knew who he was. Okay. And then he had a TV show uh, on Fox called Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, You Be the Judge. Uh-huh. And at the end of every episode, uh, it, the first year was Gavin, uh, Gavin, what's his name, from, from, uh, from A Christmas Story. And then it was uh, Riker. 
Uh, yeah, Jonathan Frakes Jonathan would, Frakes. would, would right. do that. And at the that, end, so. he'd say, these stories were researched and written by uh, by. I'm going to move your mic a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, get it closer now. You, well, you shift, and then when you shifted, you would... Pr- I, you, you'd I messed point, up you'd point, No, no, you'd point your mouth in a different direction. So oh. I just want to get it. There okay. you go. Um, it was, these stories were researched and written by Robert Trailins. Uh-huh. So at the end of every episode, he'd get a, he shout, got, out. He'd get a shout out, and he had a, he had a credit. And people were like, Robert Trailins doesn't isn't real. These are all made up bullshit stories. But they really were <laughs> stories that he researched, and some right. of them were real, and some of them were fake. Right. And um, but he uh, he wrote a lot. He ghost wrote a lot. He ghost wrote a little bit of Porky's. Pretty much, if something happened in Florida, he was probably involved with it in oh, some weird I didn't way. Know, yeah, it's insane. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, like your Magic the Gathering stardom. <laughs> I have all these weird stories. Um, and he, but he was he was a good writer that just. Uh, well, I won't get into it, but sure. he's got a lot of books, and, and it's cool because I have the rights to a lot of his really great well, stories what, now. What won't you get into? Well, well, I, that'll be common. You and I will Was talk about that at a bar. Stuff? And no, 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 no. Uh-huh. Although he had run-ins with that, he had a great story with Murph the Surf. But Murph the Surf, <laughs> Murph the Surf, man. He's like a local mobster. No, Murph the Surf was connected to the New York crew, and he worked uh, the Fountain Blue in the fifties. Awesome. <laughs> That's in, what? Um, my grandfather. He wrote for the National Enquirer when it first uh-huh. started. He he wrote for Larry King when Larry King was based sure. in, in Miami and Ivan Tours Studios. That or I knew. It was. I knew that he came out of Miami. Yeah. So my grandfather. He owes my grandfather like two hundred fifty bucks. Like if I ever find him, I'm gonna be like Larry King. Fucking two hundred fifty dollars in interest, bitch. Right, like fifty years of interest. Um, but wow. my grandfather, he was like part of this little like there was this like cabal of writers that he was just in, and he never mentioned it until much later in life. Mm-hmm. But in this like little community was Hemingway's daughter, mm-hmm. um, who he would have. He, he I think he wrote a forward or something, or she wrote a forward or something with one of his books. But Piers Anthony was in this group, and he was Whoa. in touch with Piers Anthony. Whoa! And it wasn't until like. A couple years before he died, he died in 2010. A couple years before he died, he was like, "Oh, I mentioned something about Piers Anthony." He's like, "Oh, yeah, I know Piers. We've had drinks a couple times. We've traded a lot of a lot of uh, letters and correspondence. He's a good guy. He would help me out when I get stuck and stuff." I'm like, "What? Whoa! What? Oh my god! Are you kidding me? That's um, insane." Yeah, my grandfather was my my grandfather. If if his real story had gotten out. He would have been cast as the world's most interesting man instead yeah. of the the actor. Well, the actor who was cast, I think there was a, an Inquirer story about him. Or no, no, uh, not Inquirer. Um, uh, what's the men's magazine? Um, Esquire. Oh, okay. There was an Esquire piece. I think Esquire online about how the most interesting man in the world became good friends with President Obama. Yes. Did you read that piece? And I saw the picture. You should them, read like, it because it's really interesting. Because we, like. He while he when he got the call in for that audition, the actor had already been you know he's in his sixties at this point or seventies maybe, and he's living basically out of a like a camper and his truck in Malibu, Ugh. shaving in like a faucet, and he's trying to get auditions. He had this career up and down through from the fifties and sixties and seventies or I think sixties seventies eighties and. And it never, nothing caught, nothing caught for this guy. And he was pretty much like, I got a dog and a truck, and all my clothes are in the truck, and sure, I'll take this audition. And he took the audition and got it. It's a great story to read. And then President Obama was so in love with the campaign and like loved those commercials because he loves watching sports and he'd, these things would come up. Uh, that someone surprised him for one of his birthdays by having him show up at his birthday. The most interesting man in the world showed up at Obama's birthday, and, I, and uh, maybe in character, maybe a little like not in character, but they would do things to to mess with him. Like 
uh, he was one of the only non-family uh, or po- political people who went to Camp David for this retreat. <laughs> and <laughs> before Obama got there, they brought him to the archery range and they put like three arrows in the bullseye. <laughs> <laughs> and then Obama comes walking up and he's like, you're late. I've already started without you. And you see these arrows in the bullseye. So, I mean, just stuff like crack them up. It was pretty awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah, he must uh, have been so pissed when like we're ending. We're not gonna. We're gonna go with the younger guy. I think we're gonna launch you to Mars. I think he's good. I think he's like you know. I what? hope so. I think he's good. It's because it, it, it was like a hail mary at the end of you know his career. Of, yeah, I, and I hope he made enough to upgrade to one of those really nice campers, one of those mobile homes in Malibu. No, no. You know what? You know what? Read the story uh, because. It Mini does. Driver lives in one of those, though. No, like, no, those are no, nice. Not only Mini Driver, but uh, what's his name who did the Ace Ventura movies? And and he 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 kind of got kicked a little bit after Bruce uh, Almighty became Evan Almighty. After Evan Almighty bombed. You're talking about the director. Yeah, Tom Shadyac. Oh, yeah, Tom Shadyac. And Tom Shadyac lived in a Oh, yeah, he, t- yeah, he, kinda, he, he got hit. He like, got pretty hard. bad. He was like, woof. And then there's... there's Shady all, Acres. There's a great story about Tom Shadyac. And I I've think and he did a documentary. Yeah, he did the match. He did a documentary. Did he, did he do the Mensch also? I'm I not sure. He, there's a documentary that I think he did, kind of hand how you know, and it's about him, like yes, there's the one about like, him. Hey, I'm coming back. Yeah, bottoming me out. I'm just finding my life, and I heard, I heard it's amazing. So I've, I've heard the same. I will look that up. Um, but anyway, yeah. So hey, for you, if you want, if you want an interesting story, Robert Traylons. Robert Traylons. I'm going to research that. Yeah, he's a fun one. Um, so let's talk about. Um, let's talk about. Stanley, Mr. So Lee, what is coming up? We've talked a lot about D and D and a lot about magic. Yes, Catherine. we've nerded out. We've we've got some nerd cred now. Uh-huh. At least I have some nerd cred. You always had it. Uh, you know what? I'm learning that you've always had it as well. <laughs> I'm a big giant nerd. Um, some of these figures, by the way, are go back to the '70s and absolutely. Wait, have are you lead. serious? They absolutely have lead, and they're poisoning you when you play. I've been licking the things for luck. You I've been probably like, here we go. Check your lead level. I've been licking the figures and they putting them on vintage. the board. This so one right here, this, that, that one right there, is vintage. I'm wow. pointing to a white, and that's like the very first. That was like one of the first, of them. like way early ones. Okay, all right. When I clean this place out, I don't know. I want it to be a little more organized when I come in and start uh, robbing the place. It's, well, no, that's why it's a mess. So you can't yeah, find. Yeah, I'm good like, stuff. damn, I can't find anything in here. You I know there's some better anything. stuff in here. I just end up with that gold poop bank. That's a work of art. That's a, that's an anti-Trump piece of art. It's a ha- big golden poo that is a cash bank yeah. that, that you put money in. And the whole, it's anti-Trump art. And it's, you know, it's gilded shit filled with money. <laughs> that's Trump. <laughs> or not filled with money. <laughs> right, you're it's empty. empty. Yeah, I haven't put anything it, in it. It's, it, it <laughs> pretending like it's filled with money. <laughs> Trying to be filled with your money. Um, uh, so Stanley, yes. What do you guys have planned this year? Because we're going to have a booth again? Yeah, Geekscape will be there. Geekscape will be there. I'll, of course, I mean, Geekscape. If, you know what? I, I have there. to ask every every year because no, you don't. Because okay, okay. We just assume you got to tell me when you're not going to be there. Otherwise, I'm going to have a booth and you're not going to be there. Maybe that'll be, be like, it. That I would love to do. You know, something that coming out of San Diego is Matt Kelly, who hosts the Horror Movie Night podcast on our network. Um, he said that uh, he would love to have a live Geekscape. Maybe at a panel or something. Maybe we yeah. do that because I know you guys are doing panel submissions right now. Yeah, but well, like we've done Kevin Smith's live panel. Yeah, this um, will be bigger than that every year. <laughs> <laughs> um, K Rock is going to be broadcasting live on Friday. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, we're going to have Kevin and Bean Friday Good. morning. So if you want, so you'll actually while we're setting up the show on Friday, 
uh, people can come down and go in. Th- we're still working on the logistics. We'll probably be in the lobby. And you'll be able to go in the lobby and, and watch audience. the Kevin Bean show and Ralph Garman and all those guys, and they're going to do a whole thing. Um, that'll be cool. That's awesome. Yeah, is that a zoo crew? Is that, I don't know no, what a zoo crew it's, is it's, No, that, it's not the zoo crew. It's, it's I don't Kevin know what that is. What's zoo crew? I think that's like some... Other wacky it's boarding like show. Hey, what's yeah. up? <laughs> it's Jacob and Peyton and the Zoo Crew. <laughs> yeah, no, Kevin and Bean are legitimate. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're been, legit. They've been they, around for a while. They've been around a long time. Um, but yeah, so we have a lot planned. Uh, we've, you know, we, we're, we're we're just beginning to roll out the announcements. So if you want to get the first like break when we break announcements and stories and whatnot, uh, sign up for our email mm-hmm. at stanleyslacomiccon.com. Okay. Um, and you'll get the email first. But we just announced this past week, the Black Eyed Peas uh-huh. will be at the show. They have a brand new comic book called Black Eyed Peas Presents Masters of the Sun, the Zombie Chronicles, uh-huh. which is unreal. Um, what do you amazing. Mean it was written by Ben Jackendoff. Okay. Um, I know Ben. Yeah, like everybody ben. knows Ben. We love Ben. Um, and it's, it's a story about um, like hip-hop artists who are in, in the, like the 80s and they're battling uh, zombies. But it also tells the history of hip-hop okay. at the same time. And uh, Will I Am and the Black Eyed Peas wrote it with Ben. And uh, the artwork is amazing by Damien. And I've forgotten his last name. And I'm sorry, Damien. Rude. Is that who it is? No, I'm saying rude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're saying rude. Uh, d- uh, but Damien's great. They, we d- we were d- we, they just did a big thing at Meltdown where they revealed it all and you can probably watch the video online um and they were all there uh and it's the book looks amazing the artwork is really really phenomenal um and so the black eyed peas are going to be there we are going to have an ex- uh, some sort of exclusive you can buy it on our website now in advance and if you buy it in advance you get a special black eyed peas vip badge that will get you into the vip lounge for the saturday night halloween cosplay ball which is like one of our big tent poles mm-hmm. You don't want to miss that. It's free, but to get up into the VIP area is awesome because it's is really it, cool up there. Is it a concert? That's not a concert. You haven't been to the Halloween Cosplay Ball? Jonathan I, London. I've been wrapping up the booth every night. and then you No excuses. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, it is I wrap a, up the booth, I go get a little dinner, and then I go to the party Saturday nights, which I enjoy because you guys Well, it's have, a Saturday night party. Well, okay, then that's the... The co- one in Club Novo. Yes, but I, I always think of that as like you guys have like bands play like last week's Geekscape guests the library bars right, were yeah. playing and then uh, what's the name yeah, of the we have 80s a DJ band and, and we've had uh, for many years we've had uh, the Flux Capacitors and they're fantastic but and Bernie Bregman hosts it and all that good stuff and, and here's the thing because if you go to that party and you stay late uh, like when DMC was there uh-huh. like he pops out on stage yep so yep would it be before. a good chance if you go to this concert that these guys are going to pop out on stage? Uh, I, we, we're still working on exactly what that plan is going to be. I can't say. Because any musician that there. is like at Stanley, I just feel like if any musicians at Stanley Comic Con and people are performing on stage, I think they get itchy. Like that's just how Maybe. I feel. No, it's gone on. They it's probably it's, do. it's been every year for like no, since well, this, you guys have had that. Like everybody had, gets um, in, everybody gets itchy. Well, people do get itchy. They jump out on stage and all of a sudden you have this improv. We had Robert Carradine pop out and like introduce an act. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was backstage and I was like. Holy shit! That's that's Robert Carradine. That's like Revenge of the Nerds, right? And I talked to him, and it was like I didn't even know what he was doing there. Um, but he introduced me. <laughs> it was we a had comic the guy, convention. We had the guy, that, yeah, exactly. We had the guy that sang the Pokemon theme song, uh-huh. um, and he came out and performed it live, and the, it was electric. The place went nuts because Pokemon right. Go was at its height. Right. It's a lot of fun, and and if you're going to the show, 
and you're buying a three-day badge or a Saturday badge, I mean, this thing is free, and it's a Halloween ball, that and it's going to go free. till one. Yeah. So it's like you've got your Halloween party and your daytime. Bring your costume. You can be in cosplay all for like 12 hours, 14 hours, and people won't look at you weird. People will celebrate it. I don't so think I'll be there the till party. one. I don't think I'll be there this, the, till one this year because you're going to strap me with that freaking 5K. Yes, yeah, so we have so we have that. Let's talk about that. We have so we announced the Black IPs. Um, we're gonna announce. We haven't announced that. Actually, I can't talk about that yet. What? We haven't announced it. Oh, we you haven't have announced it? it. We we announced that. I think it's coming up this week. I'm just saying there's gonna be an early Sunday morning thing that Jonathan will be involved in. Yes, and, and some celebrities will be involved, later. and there's some cool exclusives, and you're gonna want exclusives. Be there. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, man, there's a cool one. Man, oh, I gotta get my notes. You know what I'm now. gonna do? Because clearly I'm learning how to spend late nights and early mornings. <laughs> I'm just going to power it, man. Stay up the whole night? Well, I was out. I left D&D last night, and then I went and did karaoke until 2 a.m. And, and last I, night was a heavy cerebral night. It was a, so you, it was, you were throwing out some puzzle rooms. Yeah. And then um, I just want to kill things, which is weird <laughs> because I'm a thief. Um, and then I went and did karaoke until 2. And then I woke up and led a 13 and a half mile run at 6. Damn. It was, I'm hurting right now, Keith. I'm not... You know, I'm I good slept, for the so I'm good great. for the episode, <laughs> but I think uh, before Game of Thrones tonight, I'm going to get some sleep. So, good Geeks, idea. Geekscape is be checking. Uh, you know, get that email list and be checking for the announcement later this week. Yes, yes. Comic Con, and I, I want to be involved in that. That's all I'm saying on the show. You will be. I've already okay. I've already told the fires of you that you must be. Okay. Um, but we we do have uh, what have we announced already? In addition to the Black Eyed Peas, we've been holding because the Black Eyed Peas. That's like kind of a big announcement on its own. So we have a whole bunch of other really cool things stacked up that we're going to start rolling out. Well, your media partners, Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. So we've year. partnered with Entertainment Weekly, and that should give everyone a big clue as to kind of the direction that we're going, or at least the caliber of guests that they might be yes. able to bring us. Entertainment Weekly is going to be programming some of the main stage right. themselves. So we've already had those discussions. Very excited. We're all on the right track. We've had some amazing conversations with networks, with studios. There's a lot of cool things coming out right around in that last quarter, November, December, things that will just come out in October. Um, so we're really, really pumped up with the direction that it's going. And it's going to be great because everyone gets that it, our show is accessible. That, right. You know, the thing about LA Comic Con, the thing that um, Regina Carpinelli, who's my partner and is one of the founders of it. Well, um, she's been on the show, but you haven't been on the show. It's just insane. I kn- right? She's been on the show multiple times. I, I, exactly. And this is my first time. Popping my cherry. Yeah, but you didn't, I didn't know you had all these great stories about being like... Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm That's because you know me as the DM and you're scared of, of Well, you rotate. I'm, I will... Okay, well, sorry. Okay, your mic is still good. I'm just taking away the, the screen. Uh, taking the, the muffler. The muffler. Um, so it's, you know, one of the things that Regina has always uh, been focused on is that it's got to be about the attendees. Mm-hmm. And I know every con says, for us, by us. Yeah, but we just went through Comic-Con and we know that's not true. Right, we know that's, <laughs> that's a load of crap. And, and so, you know, but we tell everyone, you've got to be accessible. You have to, like L.A., First of all, the LA audience is incredibly smart and incredibly savvy. This is not a normal like yeah. gathering. Um, and also, we live da- daily in a celebrity culture. So seeing a celebrity, for the most part, I'd say for 95 to 98% of the people there, we're not going to freak out. We're going to be cool about it. Yeah, it's not a big it's like, oh, cool. That's Stan Lee. Let's go get in line to get his autograph. As opposed to, oh my god, it's Stanley! Right. I can die now. I would only do that with uh, Mark Singer, who played the Beastmaster. You know, I I um, I'm like that with Poto and Kodo. 
<laughs> the ferrets? The ferrets. Only the ferrets. You know those ferrets are dead now, right? <laughs> of course I know that. <laughs> of course I know. They're rodents. Poto and Kodo. Um, who is it? Who is it? Who is They're the, my thieves. Uh, who is the, the lady? Who is the, the model that was in it? That was... With the red I, hair? Uh, I knew it a few oh years ago. God, she was so hot. She was so beautiful. And then... Um, it's like it's like I'm. It's not Tony Katane. No, it's not. The like, White Snake videos. and I think uh, Johnny John Saxon's in that video too. Yeah, as like you know, <laughs> that's the dude who played McDowell's, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got sucked um, on the plane engine in, in Die Hard too. <laughs> but they had a supermodel on that show. Um, you threw me off with, with Beastmaster and put it. We were show. talking oh, about oh, celebrities. The we were talking about so yeah. Stuff. So so it's a, it's a much easier sell to say hey you know you can bring your big talent and of course we're gonna have security and of course it's gonna be safe. Yeah. But like they're gonna have a much better time because they can form a relationship with the people that they're dealing with as opposed to Some keep freaks. them away from me because I don't know who they are. Um, you know, if, if you watch anybody, like every fifth person in line, they're like, "Hey, how you doing?" They know who right. they are because right. they've worked with them. Um, and so it's we're really excited about the the caliber of talent that's coming. Uh, that we haven't yet announced, but we're holding back on. And we've got some some cool surprises up our sleeves. And then, you know, we're also raising our game. Um, we are, we've doubled the cash prize for the Cosplay National Championship to $20,000. Hmm? So we are the biggest cosplay competition in the world, as far as I know. I have yet to find anything that the has... The cash prize is 20000 And we also will have additional prizes, plus we'll have the gold, silver, and bronze medals, Plus, the winners get the trophy, which is the Stanley Cup. Wait, huh? Okay, so <laughs> wait, what? Okay, so you get twenty thousand. What's the next prize now? So, well, the twenty thousand is broken up. There's different oh, categories. Okay, because so, I was thinking I was going to go bust some cardboard right now, yeah, start making good my luck. costume. No, we get the, the people that. Yeah, yeah. You, you haven't know. seen my cardboard. Yeah, well, I can probably imagine. If you, the second you know it's made out of cardboard, you're like, that's cardboard. <laughs> this is had, so impressive. We, I gotta give them the cup. There were there were some people that did. I think there was a a uh, a really great. Uh, Warhammer 40k uh, cosplay <laughs> made that out of was, cardboard that had cardboard in it that Some did well not the entire um, thing but no the, the the biggest the biggest cash prize for the the solo master category is 8k but it's spread out amongst you know, we're giving out 20k right. across five so right. so there's good prizing there plus then we you know sponsors are going to throw in prizes and stuff so we have like posters and and anime blu-ray dvds and we have wigs and we have makeup and we have all this stuff you got me a uh, wig for co- for cosplay merkins that you have merkins for you i'll i'll yeah i'll use but a merkin <laughs> my character on this dnd should have a merkin <laughs> um and uh, a, a super lice, high profile a lice grabber <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> and uh oh yeah it's going off the rails that's what the, um, that's what merkins are yeah kind of they're for the lice yes i know I used them uh, last week. Entertainment Weekly is going to be covering it, and you know we do a lot with it, and um, and, and that's going to be very exciting. We also have the return of the prop making national championship, and uh-huh. the return of the makeup national championship, and all those are going to have cool separate prizes and There's cash. A kids contest. Then we have the kids costume contest. Sunday is family day, can you, so you, if you, you have you kids, come Sunday. And we can't win a kid. You cannot win a kid. Oh. Um, you can rent one. They that's have them when you're coming in. I only need them when you do dishes. Yeah, there's a rental booth right okay, there. Okay, uh, So the kids' costume contest, and that's every kid wins, but you know, as they get farther and they get, they win more. Is there twenty thousand? No, it's not twenty thousand dollars. But for the past few years, Disney sponsored it. I'm not saying that they are again, because we haven't announced anything like that. But maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But for the past few years, um, the top twelve 
all have been invited with their families to an advanced screening of whatever the next movie is. Uh-huh. So last year it was Moana. The year before that, um, uh, yeah, it was, I want to say Be Hero Six, maybe, or maybe. No, that was two years before. Yeah. And so I guess this year it's Coco, um, yeah. the Pixar film. I think wh- what oh, if, it was a good dinosaur. That was what was the year before. What if I enter the? What if I enter that with my cardboard? And well, just, I'm the host, so I would I, kick you off. No, the stage. I told I have progeria. I just look I would, old. But I, I look know old. You. Yeah, 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 but I say stupid but shit. But you're supposed to be little and looking old, like I'll, Benjamin I'll, Button. <laughs> I'll work on it. I, I have. What's the disease that makes you tall? I'll just keep. I'll just keep telling you diseases. I have Jonathan Londonitis. I'll, I'll just t- keep telling you diseases, and when you kick me off stage, I'll start yelling. ACLU. I'll just start yelling disabilities. Great, thanks. What a horrible human being, London. <laughs> human London, being. you are a horrible human terrible. being. Terrible. You're a terrible person. There are real issues well, in this the, country. You know, the, the kids, the parents are really, they want their kids in it, and they are like, like we play the rules and we do it straight. So you wouldn't be the, who I'm in trouble with. The parents would come the, Well, I would kick you off the stage, but then the parents would probably rip your shirt. You took away a chance for my kids. <laughs> um, but it's celebrity hosted. Last year we had uh, Adrian Paul, the Highlander, was one of the, was a celebrity uh-huh. judge. He was one of the judges. And then we had off. a whole bunch of the cast of um, of uh, Henry Danger. Oh, who hooked you with that? Uh, I wonder how I got them. <laughs> I wonder how I encountered the cast of Henry Danger. I texted Cooper the other day. I have to talk. I watched. I watched an episode with my kid. Uh, Should I text ago. him I like, to see if he wants to come like, back? I got to get in touch with Cooper. Cooper's awesome. Cooper is awesome. And they were great judges. And I told them. I warned them. I was like, guys, this is the worst job because you're literally breaking the hearts of like ten to twelve kids. Yeah. Every round, and we do it six times, and they're like, Jesus. "Oh, this is great!" And by the end Jesus of it, they were like, Christ. "Oh my god!" I felt so bad telling that kid <laughs> that his Star Wars costume was stuck. But you know what paid it off? There was what? one kid that did a Ghost Rider costume, and he made the top twelve. <laughs> and he was like twelve. He was kind of on the on the older end. Okay, that would be me. And um, and so when when they won, he was really excited, and they was like, "Okay, and now we're going to take a photo of all the winners with the cast of Henry Danger," and he started. To flip what do out you, What? Henry Danger was his favorite show But he knows that They were judging They, they were standing he, 10 feet from right, him Right But he was, it, it didn't register And he didn't think He'd get to meet them And we certainly hadn't Announced it Like it was literally Like you showed up And it was like Oh by the way The judges are Henry Danger And he He couldn't get <laughs> the, enough of it He was, all, he was of, crying The spirit of vengeance Was crying With Henry Danger With the cast Because it was his dream come true And then afterwards the, He was he, again, he was having them Autograph his badge And everything And it was like that made up for all That's the huge. all the broken hearts they had strewn across yeah. the LA Comic Con. The floor. spirit of vengeance took yes. all your goodwill. But he loved it. It was it was great, and it's a it's a, it's so much fun. And Karen Karen Kefaber, who is the founder, one of the founders of Hot Topic, and is part of our organization. She also runs it with me. Um, but we have that, and then also on Sunday we have LA's Ultimate Trick or Treat, which is uh, for kids twelve and under. We get a lot of complaints from teenagers that are like 16 and 17, and shockingly, we get a lot of complaints from adults that are like in their mid-20s. And they want the saying, candy. Oh, you wouldn't let me trick or treat. Like, if you're in their mid-20s and you're getting upset because you're not included in a kid's trick or treat, please, I love you and I'm grateful that you come you to our show. You don't love them because most please <laughs> check your life choices and priorities. <laughs> you don't love them. They can just go back to Charlottesville. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we get so people so mad. I came with my kids and they got all this candy and I didn't get anything. Yeah, the thing I'm is, like, take it from them. On, so on Sundays when we're exhibiting, when on Sundays we show up and there's like Trays of candy at our booth because we provide it to everybody. Yeah, and as exhibitors, it's our you know it's our job to when kids come by the booth and say trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. I give them some candy that I have not been eating. 
Right. I, and thank I you for that. I refuse to eat the candy. No, I totally sometimes. We get candy. we get a lot of the a lot of uh, you know the, the, the trick or treat starts at one thirty. Right. And so like at around eleven, we get a lot of them come up with their tin that's like mostly empty. Like no. Um, can we have more? We kind of ate serious? it all. Serious? <laughs> and we don't care. Are if you we have it? We'll wait, are it. you serious? Oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are the fatty exhibitors? List them now. No, I will. Tell not. me who I these do exhibitors no are. Tell it's me. It's adorable. What that exhibitors are eating the candy men for children? Giving it away? No, they're no. It starts at one thirty, and that's what I I do. My trick or treat it with an iron fist. (laughs) I say, you know, like some kid comes up at at, some kid comes up at at at, at one twenty-seven. I say, come back. No, come back in three minutes. Come back in in three minutes, and then I pour it into the trash, and I tell him it was gone. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, you're a dick. I'm like, it's one (laughs) thirty-one, pal. You snooze, you lose. Yeah, we um, you know what's great about it is there's no cars. And it's well lit. Yeah. It's in the middle of the day. And we do not put razor blades in anything. So oh. the kids clean up. Like we in 10 minutes, do you know, you, every 10 feet, you're going to hit a new vendor and get candy. So right. you don't have to walk, you know, whole house length. Am I allowed to bring additional things to give away? Yes. We encourage all of the vendors to bring your own stuff and do stuff promotional. So like what some of the vendors have gotten to doing is like creating like a little premium that doesn't cost much, but it has all their information on it. Yeah. Um, and some of them then create stuff for the parents. So when the adults come by, they go, we can't have candy, but here you can have this. Yeah, we're going to do that uh, this year, uh, Geeks Games. We had such a fun time at Comic-Con with our box of mystery and danger. Oh, uh, <laughs> we did Is that all the, the crap you just want to get rid of? Totally. <laughs> and, and, did you and get rid of the box of, of we got danger rid of, in San Diego? We got rid of so much stuff. <laughs> it, was an, it was enormous. And then we kept filling the box throughout the weekend with more stuff. And uh, <laughs> that'll be at the booth. And basically, you show up. And uh, you got to do something, but then you get to pick something out of the box of mystery and danger. And you know what? It we tore through it at Comic Con uh, mainly because I really didn't want to put it back in the car and bring it back. Uh, but by Friday, or really by th- by Thursday night of Comic Con, after a day or maybe midday Friday, it was looking pretty bare. So uh, I this year, uh, well, at Stanley's, what I'm going to do to slow down the process and make sure that the good stuff. Mainly stays for a bit. Is I gonna fill it also with mouse traps? <laughs> so, so yeah. So as you search through the uh, through the you know, because there's got to be some danger. There's plenty of mystery. Like oh, I don't know what's in here, but the danger has to be in there. So I'm gonna put some mouse traps in there, and there will be one bear trap for somebody who gets a little <laughs> aggressive. And it's like, hey, it's gonna be me. Don't get greedy, because you know I dive in that box when you're not looking. It's fine. That's great. It was, like, where's it was, the Overwatch it, stuff? Where's it, the Overwatch stuff? There was stuff? tons of Overwatch stuff. If and you have anything left, my kid wants Overwatch well, stuff. Well, there's nothing left. It was, it. There wasn't anything left by Friday. I told you, save me some Overwatch uh, stuff. Um, but, Keith, the box is so big, you could actually dive into it. You're like, Scrooge. I mean, it was duck. a big box. It was a huge box. It was stupid. Uh, but I, we're going to do it again. All right. Geekscapists, you know what to do. Uh, Stan Lee's LA Comic Con. Uh, join their join their their uh, email list, and you get to find out all about the uh, different announcements. And and I should say, up. right now, right now, well, right for right for now. not much longer, but right now, assuming this, yeah, it'll be up on Monday. Not if you're re- if you're listening to this on a replay from like three weeks ago, <laughs> you snoozed. It's not right now. You snoozed. But right now, we are in the midst, uh, the final days of our one day pre uh, one day badge pre sale. The one day badges will never be cheaper than they are right now. Uh, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's the lowest prices. The prices are going to go up. And one of the other cool things about our partnership with Entertainment Weekly is everyone who buys a badge of any kind, you get a free one-year subscription to Entertainment Weekly. Comes with it. So lots of cool stuff. 
Isn't that the internet? I'm messing no, with you. You, no, you, you have, have, to, you have to have a subscription to, to watch it on the internet, too. Right. But this will get you a free subscription. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, it's... it's uh, I'm being mean. The tickets have gone up in price a little bit. People have said, why did the tickets go up in price? Honestly, the security uh, that we have to now do... Oh, really? Yeah, because of um, the Ariana Grande thing in Manchester... And then the Phoenix, Arizona, the Phoenix Comic Con, and the guy putting the mouse traps in the box, in, of in the box, and, and the razor blades and stuff. We um, we've had meetings with the LAPD and the and uh, transportation department and our security company and LA Convention Center, and security. We're not messing around anymore. Um, not that we were messing around before, but we are, <laughs> we're going to have some pretty tight security. But what we're doing in the planning is doing it in a way that it impacts the audience as little as possible. Right. Um, like we're not doing RFID. What about things, what are so wristbands or something? Uh, well, weapons checks will be wristbands. Sure. And and the weapons, uh, honestly, if if you have a realistic looking gun of any kind, uh, don't bring it. Right. Um, it's just it's just going to be problematic, and you probably won't get in with it. Well, it's cardboard, but it looks real. If if it looks real, then then right. no. But if you if it looks really fake. Then you're probably you might be okay. We might right. just ban like projectile weapon of all sort. We're still trying to figure it out. There's a couple other factors in play, but we ha- we're going to have a lot more security. There's going to be you know bomb sniffing dogs and all that stuff. L.A. is obviously a huge target and a huge mm-hmm. thing. So you know we take it really really seriously, and so we're really having to put a lot of resources into there. Um, so we're also at, as part of that we're like trying to figure out okay how do we also increase the game and make it like yeah it's going to cost more because we got to pay for that but. We're gonna do more for you to make it worth, you know, a better ROI on your ticket the, purchase. That's the business term right there, the ROI, return on investment. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but if you now would be the time to buy your one day badge. You missed the three day one. Sorry. No. Um, well, Geekscapists, you know what to do. I told you. Yes. Uh, you can find them on Facebook. You can find Stanley's LA Comic Con on Twitter, on Instagram. There's information on there, and of course they've got that email list that you can sign up for for all the. Uh, late breaking announcements So you can be right there On the cusp of it You can find Keith On Instagram And Twitter At Keith Traylins At Keith Traylins And uh, maybe one day uh, you, you know You can play With a cool DM Like I do <laughs> Once a month Who tries to kill you With giant slugs As he did last night And that slug Ripped my shit up I was like I had four Acid hit, spray man I had four hit points And I was like Damn it like, This is insane That was a fun one uh, And um, But it wasn't as fun As Preston I was laughing my Preston ass the rat. I was laughing <laughs> I was like The rats Okay uh, it, There's tons of Inside jokes In, in, in Dungeon Dragons As you guys know From playing Um Geeks gave us You can find us Obviously And always On Facebook On Twitter On Instagram And at Geekscape.net Where we hang our hats It's not just Geekscape It is a network So Subscribe to the Horror Movie Night Podcast Subscribe to Geekscape Games Subscribe to Seven of Wine If you're a Star Trek fan Or not I love what uh, Jen and Jacqueline Are doing uh, And of course The 90's TV Hour Subscribe to the podcast And if you guys Are longtime subscribers Or new subscribers To this one Go on iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps. It really helps our visibility up. Uh, can I can so I plug one more it. thing absolutely, before you go? Keith, absolutely, Keith. Uh, absolutely. On Saturday, in six days, Saturday, August nineteenth, uh-huh. we are doing. I can't believe I didn't mention this. It's in five Bernie's days gonna, as of the posting, right? Right. Club Comic Con is going to be so. Uh, Bernie Bregman is going to be so mad at me. Club Comic Con will be at Stars on Brand, which is a true club night for the nerds. 
We're going to be doing all Next sorts of... Saturday? It's this coming, this, yeah, this coming, this coming Saturday. Saturday. Uh, it's going to be amazing, an amazing event. Um, tickets are available now at clubcomiccon.com. Uh, Jamie Iovine is going to be DJing. He is an amazing DJ. His, mm -hmm. his, uh, you probably recognize the name because his dad has some show on HBO right now. Some, some shows, the, the, I don't know what it is. Him and, and some rap artist. I can't think of the name. Is it uh, the one? Is it the <laughs> what? Yeah, it's 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 the uh, the show ones. Yeah, the defiant ones. That's his dad. Um, I want to see that. It's so, but good. but Jay, the reason I say that isn't to name drop. It's that Jamie grew up in music, right? And um, as a DJ, he he understands the art of it. I don't he's know. It. Unbelievable. Do you need to wear cosplay to go? You do not. It's encouraged. Don't right. bring weapons. But you don't have to. You can come just wearing whatever. It is a club night. You can come dressed up, not dressed up, dressed down, whatever. Um, if you're in LA, that sounds awesome. Yeah, or and it's coming to LA. It's eight to eight to one, seven to one. Uh, <laughs> We're running in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So it is. It is a. It is going to be a full-on party, and there's going to be celebrities there. And um, uh, the library bards did the Club Comic Con Batarang thing in San Diego. You so think they're going to do it? One. I don't know. I haven't talked to Bernie, uh, but Bernie clearly he loves the library. But we love the library. I bards. love them. Um, they'll be at LA Comic Con as part of uh, Nerdfest, and um, but yeah, Club Comic Con. Get your tickets. Come to the show. Uh, it, there's a lot going on, and it's it's really going to be a special night. Um, so this, and, Saturday, and this is Nerds. I didn't out. have plans. Did I have plans? I don't know. I never well, have cancel plans. them. Come if I this. had plans, I would cancel them. I don't think I have plans. That would be awesome. And you can out. also check it out on Facebook, Club Comic Con. You cool. can find us there. So uh, and then Club Comic Con is a is it's us and it's Meltdown Comics. And it's nerds like us, Bernie Bregman's company, and, um, and they're doing events. They're doing, they're yeah, doing we're, we're fun. doing Club Comic Con. It's 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 Comic Con in a nightclub. Um, Geeks gave us. I just gave you guys a lot. Keith gave you even more. Uh, I love this guy so much. I have so much Aww, fun. Uh, I love playing you too. with him. And guys, that is our that is the most fun convention every year is uh, Stanley's LA Comic Con. Thank you. It's just where I feel like home, and I you know You're I love home. it. I love being there. So. Uh, the tickets are not too expensive now. Get them. They're never ever too expensive, really. Like, I know you guys raise prices, but it's such a really modestly you know, priced ticket. We didn't even. We did. The reason we raised price this year is we didn't raise them last year. Right. So they're kind of where they are. We're 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 like two years behind where the prices actually should be. It's fine. But we're I probably going to leave guys, it where it is. For, it's worth it. It's my favorite year. convention. Uh, I love it, and I love you guys. So geeks gave us. I love you too. Very much so. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. Share Geekscape with your friends. And sign up for that uh, Stanley's Kamikaze email so that we can see you at the Geekscape booth. Exactly. I will, I will tell you where the mousetraps are if you guys come um, and search through the box. And the Geekscape booth is always in strategically placed, so there's really cool stuff around it. Yes. Always. Uh, love you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.